It's 12.01, The Witching Hour. You're listening to WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. You are cleared for departure. Your destination, the late night fright. Commencing transmission in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me as always is my horrifically hell-spawn co-host, the Daywalker known as Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Today is January 25th, 2021. This is the 199th edition of the Late Night Fright, the only show available on Laserdisc and Betamax. During the month of January, we have been pitting films with similar themes against one another. Tonight we have two late 90s horror-tinged comic book films, both from New Line Cinema, the house that Freddy built. Faith, what is the first film up tonight? From Image Comics and creator Todd McFarlane, we have 1997's Spawn, starring Michael Jai White, John Leguizamo, and Martin Sheen. A crispy fried hero, a hellacious clown, and the eternal struggle between good and evil. Will the movie be heaven or hell? What will Spawn be facing off against tonight? For Marvel Comics and legendary creators Marv Wolfman and Gene Colan, we have 1998's Stephen Norrington film Blade, starring Wesley Snipes, Stephen Dorff, and Chris Christopherson. Will Blade stake its claim to greatness? Tune in to find out. Our films tonight will be scored in five categories. Overall film, tragic comic hero, vile comic villain, sidekicks and adversaries, and finally makeup slash effects. In lieu of stars, Spawn will be receiving chains and Blade will be receiving bloody fangs. The match is set. The contenders are in their respective corners. It is time for the late night fright right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. We're going to take a brief pause for a coffee cause. Stay tuned for a word from our sponsors. We are so glad you're here. We'll see you on the other side. Faith, Godzilla really did a number on Cozy Corner last month. I wish there was some way to know when the big monsters are headed our way. Host of the Late Night Fright, never again will you have to fear the kaiju. Kaiju? Gazuntite. Ha ha, I kid. Join me, Yoshi Yokohama, for the Kaiju Report, right here on this fine American radio station. I'll keep you up to date on all kaiju activity. Do you know what to do in the event of a kaiju attack? I usually look right into the camera and scream, Godzilla, before running for my life. Ha ha ha, my American friend. Very funny. Never again will you have to do that. The Kaiju Report will give you all the information you need to survive attacks from all our Kaiju friends. The Kaiju Report, only on this fine American radio station. (laughs) 
indigenous substance with the power to destroy humanity. Imagine a creature insane enough to use it. Imagine a hero on the verge of creation. From flesh to steel. You must visualize your objective. From blood to blade. Don't get cocky. You have a lot more to learn. From man to spawn. This summer, evil has a new enemy, justice has a new weapon, and the world has a new hero. Released in May of 1992, the first issue of the comic book series Spawn from newly formed publishing house Image Comics and creator Todd McFarlane sold 1.7 million issues upon its release, and the series went on to become one of the top-selling comic books of the decade. McFarlane was already a superstar in the comics world due to his work on Marvel's Spider-Man, and he had conceived of the Spawn character while still a teenager. Spawn is in actuality Al Simmons, a government assassin. While on a mission, he was double-crossed and killed. Because of his life's work, he was sent to hell and there cut a deal with Malbolgia. Simmons agreed to lead the armies of hell in exchange for seeing his wife Wanda one more time. He is watched over by his demonic guardian, the Violator, also known as the Clown. Simmons chooses to use his powers for good and functions as a dark, sadistic, and brutal anti-hero. Written by Halloween 4 scribe Alan B. McElroy and directed by visual effects artist Mark Dipp, Spawn features actor and martial artist Michael Jai White as Al Simmons, comedic actor John Leguizamo as the villainous clown, and the legendary Martin Sheen as Jason Wynn, the government agent that sells Simmons out. The cast is rounded out by Teresa Randall, Nicole Williamson, D.B. Sweeney, and Miko Hughes. Featuring special effects from Industrial Light and Magic and makeup effects from the KNB Effects Group, Spawn was released on August 1st, 1997 to mostly negative reviews, but was a modest box office success with talks of a sequel leading nowhere. The property of Spawn has led to an HBO animated series and several video games, and is currently slated for a reboot from creator McFarlane and is rumored to star Jamie Foxx in Jeremy Renner. So here we go. Uh, we are starting with our first category, overall film. Faith, you have the honor. How did you score Spawn in overall film? Oh, okay. Well, I sadly gave this movie a one. I just, it, it wasn't clicking. One chain out of four. It just wasn't clicking for me. I just couldn't, I just couldn't get on board with it. It There were just lots of plot issues for me. And 
this film does have a lot yeah. a lot of issues. I was uh, a little kinder to it. I gave it two, two out of four. Uh, my notes are, let's see what you think of these. Uh, at times, visually stunning. Most of the times, a narrative mess, especially in regards to the Wanda Al Simmons relationship. And this is, for me, the biggest problem with this. We never see them together for the most part. Mm-hmm. We never understand why he would make a deal just to see her again. So right, right, yeah. This movie suffers from the problem of a lot of telling and not a lot of showing. Mm-hmm. And that's a big narrative problem. When you do that, you, you it's not even that you lose us. You never have us. Exactly. You never have us. Uh, another note here, the world building is severely lacking. We are told there's an age-old battle going on, but we only get shades of it. Nickel Williamson is there as a knight slash angel. I'm not really sure what he is. I know he's a good guy because they tell me right. he's a good guy and he has a hand that turns into a sword. But, you know, uh, the computer effects are at times amazing. They are. Uh, at times they look like a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the infancy of CGI and digital rendering and all of that. So I took into account that it is an almost 25-year-old movie now and that these effects, there were some real uh real hard work being put into these and some cutting edge stuff that led to breakthroughs, but it looks very thin on the screen. My biggest problem with the effects is the uh, rendering of Mal Bolger. There's nothing there that terrifies me. And you're talking about the devil. The devil should be scary. Uh, Some, I have two more notes here. Uh, The film is too bright. Mm -hmm. Film is way too bright. It needs more horror. Yeah. It it, it needs a lot more literal darkness and then some more horror Mm -hmm. and some of the humor here feels absolutely uh, forced. forced. Yeah. And I don't feel like I'm given a reason to care about the guy, the main right. guy, even though the film was telling me I should. Mm-hmm. I also feel That's like not his fault. That's not Michael's fault. He's a wonderful actor. Yeah. I also felt like, you know, you're going into this. It's a comic book movie, right? You know, I felt like I didn't get that from it in, in ways. Like it just kind of. I feel like uh, one of the and I believe it was Gene Siskel, the great late great film critic who I read said he felt like you needed understanding of the property going into it to enjoy it. And you should never, you know, this right. should be for a, for, for all audiences. Right. Uh, I, I didn't feel again, the world building. I'm going back to my second thing here. I don't know what's what, who's who, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know why I should care about any of it. Right. You never see Al Simmons with his wife. Right. You know, there, there's, there's maybe a half of a scene, a moment where they say goodbye to each other. Mm-hmm. So, why is this relationship so so special to him? Right. What uh, the alley that he finds himself in? What is so special about the alley? I thought that was like a purgatory, mm-hmm. I, and I thought that the kid uh, played by Miko Hughes from uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare mm-hmm. and Pet Cemetery and Kindergarten Cop, one of the one of our great kid actors. Oh yeah. Um, boys have a penis, girls have a <laughs> vagina. This is famous uh, line, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I was like, was, is he dead? Is he a, is he a soul? Like, or, or is this like a way station here? You know, and I, know. I thought it would have been great if it if it was. Uh, I had the same thought. Like, what what is his purpose? Like, or what is he doing in this specific area? Yeah. Like, what is? And what they is send happening? him back, and he has am, he has amnesia, and and it, it, so many things just, just didn't make sense. It's not a poorly made movie there's a lot of great technical stuff going on here really there really is especially the uh b effects work we'll get to that with the makeup and effects but man just narratively just didn't it just yeah. didn't pull I me mean, in I, it had been years since i'd seen this so i didn't really know what 
right. what I was about to get. Now, I know people. I've had a few people ask me, like, what are you doing on the show this week? I said, oh, well, we're doing Spawn. And one guy in particular said, oh, that was my jam, you know, when I was 13 years old. <laughs> and he watched it again. And he went, I don't know why I like that. <laughs> you know, so it, you know. I saw that in a review, too. They're like, man, I love this as a teenager. And I'm just like, why? It seems to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it really, you know, Tom McFarlane uh, conceived of this character when he was a teenager. And I was watching this movie and I was in the back of my mind. This seems like something that a teenager <laughs> who is in the comic books. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's a, a certain thing girls when they're tweenagers, you know, are into. And then there's certain things that some <laughs> guys are into. And it's like the guy who just really discovered Edgar Allan Poe and, <laughs> and the macabre, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, it's gotta be dark, you know? And, uh-huh. and, and this is like this teenager's conception of like really dark material. <laughs> now, let me say this with both of these films tonight, I am not intimately familiar with the comics, mm-hmm. the comic. So I'm judging this. I feel like I did read that on the film. There were some changes between the film and the comics. Yeah, so I would I imagine mean, that there were because, yeah. Uh, one of the things they said they were going for a PG-13 rating, which doesn't make a lot of sense. I've seen a few episodes of the HBO series, which I really enjoyed. Can't really tell you much about it now, but I, I remember enjoying it more than the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just seems like the kind of thing it needs an R rating. This is interesting, though, because this film, like uh, Blade, uh, comes out in the shadow of Tim Burton's Batman. So mm-hmm. we're not even 10 years out of Burton's Batman. And this is still kind of the the theory behind the the comic book. So mm-hmm. it's it's so weird this movie because it feels like they're taking it seriously but they're not taking it seriously enough, know. <laughs> you know? It's 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 weird. Yeah. It it's it really is kind of a mess. <laughs> but anyway. A bit. I mean, yeah, and I and I really don't want to hate on it. It's like I, I got its intentions and like I guess where it wanted to go. It just never got there. It, it, it ne- never it left never, the starting blocks. Right. It never fully opened up and became like, you know, <laughs> this full film to me. It was right. just kind of like here's some stuff. I felt a little confused. There you go. It's amazing. Um last thing I want to say about it, the overall like the world building though really is is the problem here and it's amazing when you watch a movie like uh, Star Wars, the original film from 1977 and and the pains that george lucas goes through to build that world now Mm -hmm. this movie that movie is getting up there now it's over 40 years old but still when you watch star wars it is a weird movie there's a lot of weird and strange wonderful things in that movie but george takes the time to Uh build the world you're introduced to the world i I never feel like you get introduced to this world that's a that's a big big problem Yeah, he doesn't just throw you yeah, in because in you Star like Wars. Purpose, this, you get thrown in. Right, because you feel like their purpose through this movie, you don't really care because yeah. you don't really know him. So. Yeah. So moving on, our next category is tragic comic hero. Aren't all the best comic heroes tragic? They have Pretty some <laughs> some semblance of tragedy yes. in their backstory, right? Uh, I gave him two chains. I did too. I gave him two chains. Uh, I feel like it's an extremely interesting idea. And yeah. it could have been uh, a likable and tragic antihero. He mm-hmm. is described as an antihero, and he he is in the film for the most part an antihero. But something just doesn't quite work. And I'm going to go back to what I was just talking about. It, it has everything to do with the narrative. Uh, but Michael Jai White is absolutely fantastic with what he's given, mm-hmm. and he looks amazing in the crispy critter makeup. I love mm-hmm. the fact that he's able to emote under all of that. I love the look. Um, I like him. I like him, I and I like you. his performance. And uh, I have it written down here, something I just said. I wanted to like this movie. I mm-hmm. wanted to love it. 
with that said, Michael Jai White is in The Dark Knight, which is kind of funny. We just <laughs> mentioned Batman. And then 10 years after movies like Spawn had their run and Batman and Robin and things like that, then we got a little more serious about these movies. And then mm-hmm. we got the Dark Knight trilogy. And I think it's wonderful that he's a part of the Dark Knight trilogy. And oh, yeah. uh, he's very good. That voice is wonderful. Um, the performance is great, uh, even if the costume is kind of off sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he's he's really great. Yeah, I'm with you. I gave it. A, I gave it two as well, and I just feel like what he what he did and what he had, what he was given. I feel like he he did well with. There was just again, I don't feel like the character opened up enough for me to fully like really get on board. His performance deserves the movie around it. It deserves yeah. the big story around it because he was. I, I feel again, not knowing much about the character, I feel that he was the the right choice. He he mm-hmm. has the the presence and the yeah. and the and the demeanor and the voice mm-hmm. to 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 keep this thing together yeah and uh, I feel like his performance is better than this movie exactly deserves exactly so it, yeah he he was doing the best with with what he had. yeah yeah uh, moving on uh, his antagonist uh, vile comic <laughs> villain uh, the best comic villains are a little vile aren't they a little bit uh, how'd you go I went one point five on it I went two. I went two just because I didn't want to have to account for that point, that point five. Um, so initially, initially, I really liked the clown when he, you know, kind of introduced to him. Mm-hmm. I re- you meet him in shadows, which is great. Yeah. Uh, I liked Leguizamo at first. And then as the movie went on, and it's what, about an hour and 45 minute movie, mm-hmm. as we got past the 20 or 25 minute mark. I wanted him gone. Really? Really past uh, him meeting him in the alley, mm-hmm. you know, and really yeah. getting acquainted uh-huh. with him. Uh, that was great. And then it just started to grate on me. And it had everything to do with the actor. Uh-huh. It really did. It had everything to do with the actor. And then when he dances and sings, uh-huh. uh, I was done. I was just completely. And then it just became, uh, it's weird because it started off kind of serious. And then it, it's like halfway through. <laughs> It becomes a character of itself yeah, in, really? in, in the movie. It's mm-hmm. it's weird. And I was watching, and I, I did, when I, when he first showed up, I, I was really digging it. I was digging the voice. I was digging what he was doing. I was digging the uh, the little asides he was doing when he was the children's entertainer clown. Mm-hmm. And he was, those kind of real dark, macabre things he was saying, I, I, I was really tuned in and enjoying it. And then there's a point, though, where it switches, uh-huh. and I just went, this is way too much, and... Why didn't they get Danny DeVito? Because it's it feels like it wants to be DeVito. It does. Yeah, I mean... Especially DeVito Penguin. Penguin, exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it it became like too loud, too much, too cuckoo, it too funny. too and much. Then, I mean, you can argue, okay, well, you've got the Joker and Batman. He's he's not loud like that. You know what I mean? He's he's weird and kooky, but he's he's dark. And I feel like that's missing from this. It's just too happy almost you know yeah in a way i mean there, there's a lot of weight to the character on screen and doesn't seem to be a lot of weight to him you know um again a lot of things with the world building not being in place you don't really understand because then he's like oh, i'm the violator whatever he is and i was like what the hell is this i don't care yeah i really don't care and it feels like it should be an epic showdown at the end mm-hmm. you know that's been building towards this epic showdown. i just i wasn't feeling it and like i said he that i'm because we'll get to the makeup i think the makeup's great um that I actually put on Leguizamo. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I didn't like what he was doing. I, I feel like a, 
could you imagine if some, somebody like a, a Johnny Depp mm-hmm. was was in that? You know, uh, yeah. I, I can name a whole bunch of guys. Right. You know, um, now now in in Leguizamo's defense, we don't know which cuts ended up in the movie and which ended. Yeah. Up, there may be a serious take on it out there. I don't know. Apparently, he had to squat down the whole time playing him. Yeah. So I mean, and he didn't have. Um, I'm going to give him props too, which is why I went two on it uh, because he was suffering under this makeup. I understand, like there was no cooling system. He was just in a big foam suit yeah. and was very. It took an hour to get out of. It took red. four to put on. God. Let that sink in, and that's not digital. That's all. Ugh. That was all really on him. Um, so we have him. Uh, well, we have sidekicks and adversaries as well in this film. What'd you go with? I went. I hated to do this. So I'm going to explain why. I went one. One chain. It gets one chain because of Martin Sheen and Miko Hughes. I went one and a half. One and a half. It was a I, little nicer, but I didn't like Wanda. I, I this is the woman he cuts his deal for. I, I didn't this Faustian deal. I didn't like her. Uh, DB Sweeney is an actor uh, I usually like. I thought he was kind of limp in this, and the devil literally didn't have any weight to it. Um, I love Nickel Williamson, but his character was beyond underdeveloped and hinted at more story that needed to be told. And unfortunately, this was his last film. So Yeah, but his character, I feel like his character specifically is the one that I kept being like, what's happening? Like, what's 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 going on? You're like, what's he doing? He didn't feel like he fit in at first or something. I don't know. It just felt kind of yeah, there's there's narrative problems off. here. There's narrative. There's there's a lot of narrative problems. And again, uh, this is not knocking these performers. Uh, it's no. it's just a, the the way that they're functioning here. But Miko Hughes, it was great seeing Miko. Oh yeah, You're and right, uh, Martin down. Sheen. I, Martin Sheen was great. He was great. He was maybe the best thing in the movie. And I like really? seeing him play like a villain like this. I thought it was really good. He's one of my favorites. Uh, our final category is makeup and effects. And for me, this is where this movie really does shine. I gave it three chains. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because of... Oh. Now, let me, let me, let me, you know, quantify it. <laughs> the effects are of their time. Mm-hmm. But the makeup is genuinely astonishing. Especially the really? clown. Uh, the clown, that, that... See, that didn't do much for and me. The, and the Simmons crispy look. See, I didn't care for it either. I loved it because the it actors like a, could emote under it, and I yeah. I liked the design, and I liked the fact that it was all practical, and it was done there. And the effects, as I said earlier, the effects were cutting edge at the time. They look, well, they don't look very good today, but uh, there were a lot of uh, innovations that were made on this film that would lead to bigger and better things down the road. So it's hard because you're looking at 20 some odd years after the fact, but uh, so the effects, are, yeah, but I, I do love the makeup. You know, and these are the guys responsible for like the Wishmaster uh, film, yeah. and I was getting shades of that uh, with some of the stuff. But uh, no, I think I think the makeup though, and the and the suit, uh, even though it looks off sometimes though, but uh, the fact that the suit was uh, practical, I think was was really great. It wasn't my favorite. I gave it one. Okay. It just I don't know. At first he looked like a a burnt rat or something. I don't know. It just <laughs> just wasn't. Yeah, it's that's. And then the effects just really. I, I get, I get, it's that time. It just, yeah, yeah. you know, it's supposed to be dark and evil and it just looks like a, a video game. No, I, I understand. I understand. Uh, it was really interesting for me because this came out the year I graduated high school. So, so looking back on this and this, uh, it kind of functions as a, uh, everything kind of wrong with like the nineties action, 
you know, genre mm-hmm. in, in a lot of in the comic book genre. They really hadn't figured out the comic book genre. And what's going to be really interesting, we're about to talk about a movie in a few minutes here uh, that does everything that I feel that this movie did wrong uh-huh. is 180 and does it completely right and is a completely yep. engrossing tale. And uh, uh, we're, we're going to get to it uh, in just a minute. But my final thought here is... Uh, this is a definite misfire, mm-hmm. but it is an interesting misfire in places. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, you have a farting clown. <laughs> There's a farting clown. I, I think, and, and it's really weird, I like this movie for what I'm not seeing. Like, I like the movie that we didn't get. You know what I mean? Um, yes. Let me ask this. Uh, there's talk of a reboot, as we said, a remake, I should mm-hmm. say, with uh, Todd McFarlane, the uh, creator, actually directing the Jamie Foxx and Jeremy Renner in the film. Uh, would that be something you might possibly be interested in? I mean, possibly. I mean... Look how much, you know, like CGI and effects have come so far. Right. You know, so maybe it'd be cool to see, you know, what it might, could be done today it from might what be. was done then. I don't know. It might be. You know, if this had a, uh, uh, even something like a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 with the fantasy yeah. horror bent, you know, it might mm-hmm. have been something. This this property, this film needed to be rated R mm-hmm. This this uh, to really do it justice and, and be rewritten. It's almost like it needs to go back. Like if you have Jamie Foxx, it needs to go back into his before life to kind of like yeah. we need more of that if they're gonna. And apparently, in the comics, one of the things is the amnesia, and he's putting his story together, and it seems like here he he really remembers things. So I, I don't I don't know. Again, I can't speak to the uh, to how truthful you know it is to the comic books either of these films tonight, right. but uh, I can only go with what I have <laughs> on the screen. So that's it. Uh, we will total our scores uh, at the end, and we'll see which film comes out on top is there anything uh, before we take a break that you would like to add about spawn i think that's it all right well we are going to take a very short break when we get back we're going to see if we can stake S-T-A-K-E, our claim to greatness see what i did there i see yes <laughs> all right stay tuned for a word from our sponsors i am dan and, I am and we will see you on the other side Gwynny Goop Lady Lawyer is Cozy Corner's only lady lawyer. I'm a lady and I'm a lawyer. Don't be fooled by her pantsuits. This chick has balls. Big ones, swinging past my knees. How big are they? I'll sue the pants off of anyone. And when their pants are off, I'll sue their flabby ass for indecent exposure. That's the Gwynny guarantee. No case is too big. No case is too small. Gwynny Goop, lady lawyer. A proud underwriter of the late night fright. better wake up. The world you live in is just a sugar-coated topic. There is another world beneath it. The real world. For thousands of years, 
they have existed among us. You keep your eyes open. They're everywhere. Chances are you've seen them yourself and didn't know it. A secret nation. Our livelihood depends on our ability to blend in. With a lust for power. We should be ruling the humans. These people are our food. They've got their claws into everything. Politics, finance, real estate. There's a war going on out there. He makes the weapons. I use them. Now, one will lead them to conquer mankind. Tonight, the age of man comes to an end. We're gonna be gods. And one will try to stop him dead. There are worse things out tonight than vampires. Like what? Like me. Half human. Blade's mother was attacked by a vampire while she was pregnant. Half immortal. You got the best of both worlds. All our strengths. None of our weaknesses. He is their greatest fear and our only hope. It's open season on all vampires. Wesley Snipes, Stephen Dorff. You're one of them, aren't you? No, I'm something else. Created by legendary comics creators Marv Wolfman and Gene Colan, Blade made his first appearance in July 1973's The Tomb of Dracula No. 10. Born Eric Brooks, Blade was born in a whorehouse in Soho to Tara Brooks, a prostitute. When she experienced labor complications, a doctor was called. That doctor was Deacon Frost, a vampire. He killed Tara by draining her blood. This passed on certain vampire characteristics to Eric. His affinity for knives and swords led to the nickname Blade. Blade stars Wesley Snipes as the titular character alongside Stephen Dorff as his nemesis Deacon Frost. Written by Batman Begins scribe David S. Goyer and directed by Stephen Norrington, Blade was released to theaters on August 21st, 1998. It was a critical and financial hit for Marvel Studios. The cast is rounded out by Chris Christofferson as Whistler, Blade's father figure and weapons maker, Nabouche Wright as hematologist Karen Jensen, Donald Logue as Quinn, Frost Minion, Udo Kier as vampire elder Dragonetti, and Sana Lathan as Vanessa, Blade's mother. Like Spawn, Blade was one of the first superhero films to feature a black lead. Snipes would go on to portray the character in two more films. There would be both a live action and animated series based on the character, and Marshala Ali is set to bring Blade into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So here we go. In lieu of stars, we are issuing fangs tonight. Bloody fangs, I should say. In the same categories, overall film, tragic comic hero, vile comic villain, sidekicks and adversaries, and effects slash makeup. Faith, you have the honor. How did you score Blade in the overall film category? I gave it four bloody fangs. I actually really liked this movie a lot. I'd only seen parts of it, so it's kind of really a first-time watch, and it really, this one really pulled me in. I think the story was told properly. Really well done. Does everything right that Spawn did wrong. Exactly. I gave it 
three bloody fangs, and I only took off a bit because there are some slight pacing issues. That I had is, that problem is uh, a problem a lot of movies have. Okay, yeah. so it's not yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know this is the only movie to have that issue. Right. Uh, these are my notes on it. Just an absolutely badass film that combines the superhero, action, mm-hmm. horror, and even martial arts genres together. Uh, there's my other note, slight pacing, but you know, it is what it is watching this again. It'd been a long time since I'd seen this. I'm amazed at how influential this movie really mm-hmm. is because I can see the influence on the matrix. And this is a year before the matrix. And you can see like, uh, uh the fighting choreography. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I had to go, wait, this is 98. This is like a full year before the matrix. And even like the phantom menace with some of the stuff mm-hmm. they were doing in that. Um, Great world building, wonderful conflicts between the hero and villain, conflicts between the vampires and the vampires, mm-hmm. conflicts between the vampires and the humans. There's even some conflicts between the humans. Right. <laughs> and I love the hints that this movie gives. We've talked about it before on the show. Once you see it, you can't unsee it, that there is a secret cabal ruling the world. This movie really goes for it. Mm-hmm. And uh doesn't come right out and say it, but you do get the oh, idea. I was thinking that, it the whole of course time. you were. But the movie doesn't come out and say it, but you go you go, Oh. You're like, yeah, there it, it is. really kind of <laughs> makes you think. And uh the one thing that this movie really has going for it that uh that Spawn didn't is this has a very interesting hero, mm-hmm. but it also has a very interesting villain mm-hmm. and the world that uh, is built around them is very, very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. And this is a great story. I found myself completely pulled into it, not because of the horror elements, because of the dramatic elements. Yeah. And you could take away all the vampire stuff here and it could be about, you know, guys in, in rival businesses or yeah. something. And the way that these two guys function in the story, it, it would work just the same. Exactly. It's, it's, it's just a really good tale mm-hmm. it, with a lot of interesting stuff. And, and I feel like it delivers on all of it. No, I, I absolutely agree. I feel like, I feel like the, other, I feel like Spawn, like we said, you didn't get pulled into it. I feel like you never really care about the characters. You feel like the stakes aren't, you know, you don't care really where the movie goes. This, I feel like you actually really care about the characters and you're rooting yeah. for specific people. Oh yeah, yeah. I even know. like the villain. Uh, I was I enjoying <laughs> the villain. Uh, one thing before we move on, uh, I was. Uh, Again, the influence of this movie, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but this came out in 98. Unbreakable comes out in 2000. This movie opens with the birth of the hero. And I was watching, I was like, this reminds me of Unbreakable because you get Samuel L. Jackson being born right at the beginning of that. So um, I don't know if that was, you know, if if Shyamalan uh, took that or or not, but I was like, this is Shyamalan Ding Dong. M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. (laughs) Copyright 2021, The Late Night Fred. (laughs) But just a really, really wonderfully done film. Every every aspect of this. Yeah. And, and again, I only took off a little bit because it, there was some pacing. There there were some pacing issues. I thought we could have like trimmed a little bit. Yeah. But what two hours long? I feel like it, it is. Been a it could have been about an hour forty five, yeah. and I would have been happy with it. So, uh, moving on. Uh, tragic comic hero. As we said, the best comic heroes do have a little bit of tragedy. Blade is uh, no exception yeah. to that rule. Where'd you go with? I went with four. Bloody Fangs on our tragic comic hero. And here's the deal. There's nothing like prime era Wesley Snipes. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) And he's at his coolest here and his most badass. And it's hard to imagine anyone else playing this. They had Denzel and Lawrence Fishburne in mind along with Wesley Snipes. I do believe they got the right guy. He, He brings 
he brings this little bit of magic dust to it, you <laughs> know? Does. And the thing is, this could have been very bad mm-hmm. in somebody else's hands. He's with the line deliveries that he's mm-hmm. given in this. And he's just badass and he's funny and he's a, and he's a total, you know, warrior. And he's playing a lot of different shades here with the tragic element and, and the hunter. And it's just a great performance. And, I have always said, I think Wesley Snipes is one of our great action stars, mm-hmm. and he really came to prominence in the 90s. And I think when you look at the action guys, I think Wesley Snipes and Bruce Willis are flip sides of the same coin because of all those action guys. I think they're the two best actors mm-hmm. because Wesley's a wonderful actor on mm-hmm. top of doing all the action stuff, oh, yeah. like Bruce is. But um, there's a reason this dude was... was at the top. Oh yeah. You know, there's even, if I may, there's even a little bit of the of the cage factor to him. A little bit a of little that bit. Nicolas Cage energy to him. He he never went that far. He mm-hmm. did it in his personal life. He didn't. <laughs> that, that I can't wait for the Wesley Snipes movie. But <laughs> I can't say enough good things about Wesley Snipes, especially this era. But we talked about Wesley when we did uh, uh, Dolmite. He mm-hmm. uh, kind of his yeah. comeback film, and he's getting ready to show up in the Coming to America sequel mm-hmm. and. He's funny as hell. He he badass, obviously. But uh what did you think of uh of the character in Wesley Snipes in this? I liked him a lot. I gave him a three. Okay. Um I mean for I mean, I think I think he was incredible. I don't know why I actually didn't score him higher, but I really you really feel for him. You actually root for him. You 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 know what I'm yeah. saying? Like when you're watching Spawn, yeah. you're, you're kinda lost. This is like, yeah. You feel kinda connected to him. Absolutely. yeah. You know, you really do. You there's an empathetic quality to him. And and with this, I think maybe when you see something like this and the way this character is kind of uh, drawn coming off of the 80s into the 90s, you know, there's the uh, the way action films were for mm-hmm. a while with the Schwarzenegger type right. lead. There's a, there's a detachment from it. And yeah. he's all in. Mm-hmm. And again, who does that remind you of? Well, it reminds me of John McClane from Die Hard. You know, you're, you're with him. You're yep. feeling... His pain, mm-hmm. and even though he's a supernatural type being, I never feel that he's not human. Yeah, and it's I. This is why I love the movies. It's him. It's him. <laughs> it's him. And, and I think that's why I went for for overall film because he just he, really it, brings it yeah, to life. He absolutely, really, he makes you want to watch it. And I love Marshala Ali. I think he's he's one of our great actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our uh, movie stars slash character actors. He's mm-hmm. a wonderful actor. Man, those are some. Uh, <laughs> listen, if anybody can do it, I think he can. I think he, but you know, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to follow Wesley Snipes. Me neither. I would not want to follow Wesley Snipes. And let me add this: this is ten full years before Robert Downey Jr. put on the armor in Iron Man. Okay, <laughs> Wesley. Wesley did this first. Okay, Pretty much. did this first. It's a shame that this these, this isn't part of. I know that it I really know. is. He he's he's wonderful here. Um, he just had such a good look. He's it, yeah. The it's, presence it's, of him is just yeah, and that him in that costume yeah. and 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 the costume itself and the car and everything, yeah. everything. And it and, feels and tough, and it just it, it tough. His, his introduction when they're in that nightclub and there's blood everywhere, and then it just kind of shoots over him. You're like, whoa! And they're scared of him too. <laughs> yeah, That's what was like, so great. And and good. he has presence, and it reminds me of something out of the '70s, like mm-hmm. like a Charles Bronson, Clint Eastwood uh, thing, you know, and he and. And the way he uh, uh, 
he, he he's almost kind of doing Clint Eastwood in a way too in, a way. in the movie, you know. <laughs> but again, some of these lines, like the one that sticks out to me is a uh, uh, there's something out there. There's uh, something out, worse out there tonight. You know, what's that? Me. Yeah. Anybody else that might sound like a joke. Yeah. And he just it, completely well, I did, sells I, it. I read somebody had left, uh, made a review and they're like, you know, this movie really is silly for the most part. And it is. But it doesn't feel silly when you're yes. watching it. <laughs> it's completely silly. Yeah. But David S. Goyer, uh, who wrote this, also uh, was responsible for the... Uh, we talked about it earlier, the uh, Chris Nolan Dark Knight mm-hmm. trilogy, and he he takes this seriously. This mm-hmm. this is serious, mm-hmm. you know, to him. And uh, he, you I can think, tell. I think he does a great job. I think so it. too. So we're we're both in love oh, yeah. with with Wesley and with Blade. Okay, oh, yeah. so Wesley has a great antagonist in this film. It brings us to our next category: vile comic villain. I went three bloody fangs on this. Stephen Dorff as Deacon Frost. I think is really wonderful. Uh, my notes, I think he does a great job. He feels real. Mm-hmm. He feels like he has real motivation. Uh, what I love about him, it feels like he's the hero of his own movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? He yeah. thinks the movie's about him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, he also doesn't resort to a lot of shouting or trying to steal scenes. Yeah. You know, you know he, there's no, he's not trying to he's like have that moment. He's not over dramatic. He's not over dramatic. And it's effortless cool. Mm-hmm. And I love him in this movie. How did you score? You I know? scored. You scored three. Yeah. I did two. Okay. For basically the same reasons. I feel like, you know, you still, even though he's a villain, you still want him on the screen. You want to see him. You want to be, yeah. you want to know what's going on. And I like, you, he never was over dramatic or trying to steal scenes. I feel like they worked very well together yeah. balanced each other out you know because there was a thing uh, around the time you have to remember as we said earlier the bat the tim burton batman film is is the is the benchmark this is yeah. the, the bar that they're trying to cross and so there was a tendency in these movies you see it in spawn we, we mentioned it there but you see it also in the batman movies and some of the other comic book type films they were doing you know there's this kind of over the top presence to these villains and that's fine you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't yeah. I'm thinking of Jim Carrey as the Riddler in Batman Forever, as, and I'm not a fan of that, but mm-hmm. that was that worked for a lot of people because that movie made a lot of money, so that works, so let's do that. Well, Stephen Dorff plays this like a real guy. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love, you know, uh, does his plan really work if he turns everybody into a vampire? What are they going to eat? I did think about that, you know, throughout. Right. The, okay, so maybe that's part, part, part of his blindness. I don't know. Uh, but... Um, I love the fact, though, that like he's uh, what they call the half breed. And like there's this thing with him in the and the uh, upper echelons of vampire society. And I love how he's a foil and a mirror to blade being they're They're both out of step with their respective races, right. you know, and then he's responsible in part for blades creation. It's 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 drama. It's no, Shakespeare. No. <laughs> it, this is Shakespearean drama. And he's so. Uh, Stephen Dorff is so good, and Deacon Frost is a really cool, I think, underrated comic book villain, too. Yeah. I was thinking about, I mean, and when it got me was the scene where they all put on sunscreen, and they go out and they execute Dragon Eddie with yes. the sun, and they're out there with their uh, helmets, the helmets on, and it's almost a sexual thing for them. I know. What did you think about the vampires in this movie? I we've didn't... seen a lot, because we've talked about a lot of different kinds of vampires mm-hmm. on this show. We've talked about the sexual threat, the physical threat, you know, the mental, spiritual threat. What do you think about these guys? I don't, I mean, they didn't bother me. Maybe they didn't terrify me the way that they felt kind of 
normal and real for the most part. I liked that they felt kind of normal and real. I was going to say, that real. didn't bother me necessarily, because like I said, it wasn't showy. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, Twilight or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I liked that it was like a Godfather type thing going on, like a mafia, yeah, you know? it would, yeah. and. And him being the outsider taken over, it, there, there's some really great stuff in this movie. And he's he's a big part of why uh, the movie works, but he's also a big part because they're working in tandem with each other. Wesley Snipes and Steven Dorff's performances are better because the other one right. is so good and they're mm-hmm. playing off of each other. And the I think the fight scene is great at the end, oh, you know, yeah. and, and it all builds towards towards them, exactly. you know, coming together and and Duke and I, really, really great stuff. Uh, sidekicks and adversaries. So our uh, hero's entourage and then the minions uh, that our, uh, our villain has. Faith, how did you score sidekicks and adversaries? I went three here. I went four. I went three. I did it. I mean, Karen alone. I really enjoyed Karen. <laughs> how great. Now, we were talking about narrative problems with Spawn. One My of the bad. great. I gave this 3.5. 3.5? I was looking at the wrong number. 3.5. Um, we were talking about narrative problems with Spawn. One of the great things that this film does, because this is a weird world you're walking mm-hmm. into, the battle between humans and vampires that's under the surface, okay? Mm-hmm. they uh, Embouche Wright is mm-hmm. the actress who plays her, and she's, uh, I have a note here, she's a wonderful foil to Blade because it's an old screenwriting trick. You put a character who doesn't know the world uh-huh. with a character who does, and you give that ki- the character who knows somebody to talk to, and you, now you're the proxy for the audience. She is so good. She's so and good. And <laughs> she's smart, and I like the character, and she feels like uh, she carries her weight in mm-hmm. this. You know, She's not just there. She's not just there. No. She actually helps. I mean, you know, she's yeah. not just like, well, yeah. I'll let him save me. It's like, no, like I want to do something to... Yeah. Sort of fix his problem. Like, yeah, and, and and there's not a uh, weird romantic uh, 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 thing hanging yeah, in the no, air. Like, tension there's no the tension. There's no tension. Yeah, she's wonderful. Chris Christopherson is Whistler. I don't I don't know who else you get to play uh, that. Right. You know, he's like uh, we said. Stephen Dorff is effortlessly cool. He is uh, Chris Christopherson is effortlessly cool. Chris Christopherson is an interesting life that man has had. He's worn a lot of different hats. One of my favorites, and I'm trying to remember it right now, Donald Logue, mm-hmm. uh, is, he's funny. Uh-huh. He's funny, but he's dangerous, too. Yeah. He's dangerous and funny. He was in something that we watched. I, I'm trying to remember. I know he came I know, because when I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I reckon and I, and I couldn't remember what it was. And he's no stranger to the world of comics. Uh, he's a familiar face if you ever watched Gotham. He played uh, Detective Harvey Bullock in that. And uh, Donald Logue is one of my favorites. He's just a wonderful presence. And he's a wonderful, he can do anything. He yeah. can do humor and drama. And, and again, there's an edge to his character mm-hmm. here. And that's why I went for it's because the, the heroes and the villains on both sides is really interesting stuff. Dragonetti and the uh, vampire uh, council are really interesting. Uh, the one guy with the tattoos on his on his head and his face, you know, the, uh, I believe he's he's uh, Asian. He looks like he might be Chinese or Japanese. I can't remember. Uh, but he get really great look. But even like the little characters you might see once or twice have this impact on you. Mm-hmm. And um they all look like they belong uh, I know. in this movie. They all yeah. look like they belong in this movie. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of, of really everything going on here. I mean, great cast, great yeah. characters. I really had no complaints really watching it, you know. With, and it's interesting. It's yeah. just it's just an interesting watch, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, which brings us now to the uh, final category, effects slash makeup. How'd you go? 
I went 3.5 on this as well. Um, there were just some really cool scenes uh, when he walked into the club and all of them just kind of the way yeah. they the way they kind of explode in a way and the yeah. effects of that just the vampire deaths are really great blood, in this yeah they kind of blow up they kind of puff up and then bloods are like that's really yeah. cool i thought it was really well done yeah uh what i like about this movie it doesn't feel effects driven but what's there in the, in the way of special effects is really great and i like the more realistic look mm-hmm. of the vampires i was just gonna say that as i said mm-hmm. uh but uh i really like the fangs yeah i love the fangs and as far as the effects in this movie, this movie is 23 years old at the time of this recording. This feels like it came out last week. I know. <laughs> like, it feels very fresh. It looks fresh. fresh. It Everything. Does. It doesn't feel dated. Mm-mm. It doesn't feel dated at all. No, not at all. Uh, if anything, I think it was... I, this is a movie that I believe sli- slipped through ahead of its time and we didn't realize. And we're still kind of picking up yeah. on it. Like I said... I was like the fight choreography, which I put under effects, mm-hmm. was wonderfully done. Oh, I loved it. And the the fighting, I feel like this is the mark of a great fight to me if I know where everything is. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times in action movies, modern action movies, they uh, the line of demarcation is very hard to to figure out what's what, and you get epileptic seizures off of it, and yeah, and then you just don't care. This you knew where everything was. Uh, even like the uh, the hand to hand stuff is great. Wesley and, and Steven with the swords, you mm-hmm. know, it just feels great. But the the effects are good. The, the fangs are so gnarly in this, I and know. Uh, and uh, the him uh, blowing up in the sunrise is great. Them, uh, but the blood, yeah, like you're talking about with the blood at the uh, at the club, yeah, and I love just... that idea of the vampire club. I know. Again, it goes back to the cabal idea that they're just kind of everywhere, you know. Oh. And that there's a royalty to them. And it's very interesting. It's very right? interesting stuff. I really, really... I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. This was this was a very pleasant surprise to me. Because I had seen it years ago. I remembered liking it because I obviously liked it enough to watch the second one. Which I do remember really enjoying. Which we're going to have to get to uh, at some point here. And so it was kind of a toss-up. And it was just kind of looking back and wanting to do some more comic book you know material um more with the horror bit and i mean lo and behold you have it's really interesting a year apart from each other and really the first two black comic book leads which you know i mean kind of historically significant movies and and both comic book properties and horror tinged and and all this and uh it was but watching them it's one of them clearly clearly oh, yeah. you know, stands out so and i mean the other interesting thing is they're both kind of getting rebooted now you know right yeah. around the same time too uh so yeah we'll, we'll we'll see yeah i really i really enjoy this movie i feel like it just it's just really well done just. it's a movie that uh almost it's like about one one step away from kind of transcending the genre it's mm-hmm. it's really close mm-hmm. it's really close it just right. it just doesn't feel dated. That's that's what's really cool to me. No, it doesn't and, at all. And what I like about the Blade character, what I love about great movie characters, uh, uh, I think great movie characters that you recognize in silhouette. You know, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, and Blade's one you see him in silhouette, you know who it is. <laughs> yes. Indiana Jones, Freddy Krueger, Darth Vader, you know, all these, all these Frankenstein, you see them, yep. they're shattered. Blade, you know who it is. Mm-hmm. You know who it is. So really interesting, before we uh, shut it down here, they uh, there's a deleted scene, uh, deleted alternate ending, 
So hmm. kind of almost the same. It's uh, when they're on the rooftops and Blade turns and, oh, he sees another Daywalker. There's another Daywalker. And it's the character of Morbius, the living vampire, which is another Marvel Comics character. And uh, he was uh, created in the 70s. I think he made his first appearance in The Amazing Spider-Man around the issue 100. But uh, there's a movie coming out with Jared Leto playing Morbius. And it's part of the Spider-Universe. But uh, yeah, they were setting up a sequel with Morbius okay. uh, back then. So they, they took that out. But Stephen Norrington played him and he's got white skin and you could see him in the distance. That's and cool. I believe he too is a day walker. I'm not intimately familiar with him. but uh, So they were kind of thinking about yeah. that, you know, the world building yeah. back then, kind of universe That's very building cool. at that time. Yeah. What do you think of the ending? Him. Oh, I liked the ending. <laughs> him going to, to Moscow, Moscow and continuing his, uh, oh, I thought it was cool. his vendetta. I thought it was very cool. Yeah, We're definitely going to have to do the second one sooner i definitely got some uh somewhat gotham vibes from it and then that the end when it's kind of dark in the snow uh you kind of yeah maybe batman returns was kind of getting some yeah man <laughs> this is some vibes this is uh top marks for this yes it's, it's really good. really a great production it's I, I love how how well it's aged that was a very pleasant surprise. Oh, so yeah. If y'all haven't seen Blade in a while, please watch it again. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it, it will blow you away. It's worth the watch. Blow you away. So, well, we are going to take a very short break. This is a news break, so be sure to stay tuned for all of the fake news not fit to print. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. craft of unknown origin recently crash-landed in Cozy Corner Park. The alien craft, measuring less than a meter long, is currently glowing and pulsing. The Cozy Corner Institute of Science and Stuff is recommending not taking pictures with the craft. If you do have to take a picture, you are advised to not straddle it and act like you're humping it. We're all looking at you, Junior Watson. Everyone's favorite redneck. In local politics, Mayor Lucius Morningstar was recently sworn in for his fourth term as mayor of Cozy Corner. Opponents of his legislative agenda say Morningstar's policies are oppressive, just like his new tax plan. When asked for a comment, Morningstar said, quote, Well, if you idiots don't like it, why don't you vote me out? Oh, wait, too late. End quote. In intergalactic news, 20th century genetically modified Superman Khan Noonien Singh has vowed to have his vengeance on USS Enterprise Captain James Tiberius Kirk. In an exclusive statement to the Late Night Fright, Khan said, To the last I grapple with thee, from hell's heart I stab at thee, for hate's sake I spit my last breath at thee. When asked why he chose to quote Moby Dick, Khan said he originally thought about going with something from Dr. Seuss's One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Fish, Blue Fish. But it just didn't feel wrathful enough. It doesn't. Speaking of wrathful, 2021 is shaping up to be the drunk cousin of 2020. 
If anyone would like to help us stage an intervention, you can reach us here at the station or at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. Remember, there's strength in numbers, people. Yes, there is. And that is the news. We'll be right back with our final scores and a preview of next week's show. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Well, we did it. We scored Spawn and Blade. Two films entered this evening. Only one can leave victorious. I think we both know which one that is, but let's see what the margin of victory was. How did uh, the Spawn scores come out? Spawn came out with a 1.7. It's about right. Oh, about right, yeah. How did Blade fare? Blade came out victorious at 3.4. Again, that's about right. Yeah, we, we figured that. <laughs> we both mentioned during the break, uh, Blade might be one of the best films we've we've done on the show. It's definitely one yeah. of my one of my new favorites. Mm-hmm. So, well, speaking of our show and films, tonight was episode 199. Wow. <laughs> which means our next episode is our 200th episode, and it's also going to be released, I believe, on our two-year anniversary so we have a couple of classics picked out and we went back and forth on this. We were trying to figure out something uh, special mm-hmm. for, for 200 and there were two names that kept coming up, Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi. And finally we said, well, why don't we put them together? Right. So we have two films next week. From 1934, we have The Black Cat. Yes. Really, really great film. We're going to follow that up with 1945's Monster Rally House of Dracula. We didn't know if we wanted to do Boris and Bella or a Monster Rally. We knew we wanted to do something universal. Mm-hmm. I think we got two fun I, ones. I think they're going we're, to be We're going to score the films. I don't know if there's so much in competition, but we're going yeah. to score the films and let you know what we think of them. But uh, episode 200, there you go. So we've got two universal classics. We've got The Black Cat, House of Dracula. So we'll have... Boris Karloff next week, Bella Lugosi next week, Lon Chaney we'll have next week. Sounds good to me. (laughs) Got them all. (laughs) Got them all. We want to thank you for letting us drone on in your ears for a little while. If you're still here. If you're still here, we appreciate it. It is a privilege and a pleasure to do this show. We really, and both of us really enjoy doing the show, and and we want to thank you all for tuning in. We know that you have a lot of options how you spend your time. So thank you so much for letting us uh, spend a little time with you. Also want to thank my lovely co-host. Uh, my Christmas gift finally came in, <laughs> came in from England. Faith got me a picture of Peter Cushing that is also autographed. And it's my new favorite possession. You know, I never mentioned my Christmas present from you either. I think I had posted it, but he bought me a signed a card from Robert England, personalized card. Yes, which is so awesome, and a picture of Robert England holding said holding card. The card. <laughs> yes, so. I think we did pretty good for Christmas we gifts. <laughs> we did pretty good. I want to uh, 
tell all of you out there, please try the new Robert England blend from Dead Sled Coffee. Uh, What is it? Uh, Stay Awake is what it's called. Stay Awake blend. It is amazingly good. We're coffee connoisseurs here. This is an amazing roast and uh, you will not be disappointed. So good. Not be disappointed. Not at all. All right. Wherever you are, stay happy, healthy, sane. Take your vitamins. (laughs) Try to try to blot out some of the news. Thank you all again for for joining us and letting us uh, drone on for a little while. And join us next week when we drone on a little more for you. That made me laugh. What you just said about turn off the news. I saw a quote. It's like, I'm going to turn off the news and get rid of this negativity and put on a a, a, a murder documentary or something. Isn't that to something re- to relax? Isn't, isn't that, that something that we watch true crime these days to, to relax? relax. Ooh. I do <laughs> it. Something. I watch horror movies to relax. I watch it all. Uh, yeah. Well, you're a weirdo, Faye, but that's why I love I you. Know. That's why I got you Robert England's autograph. There you go. So. <laughs> Feels like it's that time, doesn't it? It does. Feels like it's that time. Let's see if we snap our fingers on the count of three, if we can make the outro music appear. Ready? One, two, three. Wait. Let's try it again, Faith. Ready? One, two, three. The Samba didn't want to stop. (laughs) Who can blame it? Right? (laughs) Who can blame it? All right. Episode 199 is in the can. Episode 200 is next week. Please join us for the Black Cat and House of Dracula, Boris, Bella, Lon Chaney, Universal. It's going to be fun, isn't it? So much fun. It's going to be fun. Tonight was fun, too. It was. Tonight was fun. <laughs> Watch Blade. Seriously. It's, yes. it's 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 good. We're going to get to the sequel real soon. So good. Take us home, Faith. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep, keep your, your monster, monster on a leash. leash. We will see you on the other side.